Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Round the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. I'm talking to a, um, a community moderator called Custom Miner. Uh, he's a moderator for the Gridcoin community, and the website is gridcoin.us. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you. And yourself? Good. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. I know you're calling in from overseas. So um, tell me, you know, first for people that don't know, tell me about Gridcoin. You know, what's the purpose of it and how does it work? Yeah, sure. So Gridcoin, it's an open source cryptocurrency, you know, similar to Bitcoin. Uh, it securely rewards uh, volunteer computing uh, performed upon the Boink platform in a decentralized manner on top of proof of stake rather than on top of like proof of work, you know, uh, so it's less compute intensive. It doesn't use electricity to run our network uh, well, as much as Bitcoin. I mean. So in, what is Boink? It's, uh, it's an open source volunteer computing grid which combines the processing power of, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of individual users for the purposes of, like, scientific research. So it's free. It's been in, in production state for, like, the last 10 years. And there's, like, we've got about 25, 27 projects whitelisted at the moment. Uh, they, range from, oh. they range from trying to cure cancer, AIDS, Ebola, to mapping the Milky Way, uh, cracking encryption, or, you know, searching for extraterrestrial life through SETI. Uh, if you are a researcher and you've not got enough uh, any funding for you know computing power, you can create a Boink project quite easily uh, and distribute your work through the Boink platform. And if you kind of meet the minimum criteria, uh, the Gridcoin network can potentially reward your volunteers for you, so that you can kind of have a guaranteed level of computation continuously. And that way, you can kind of bypass the need to. Uh, reach out for funding in the first place, which a lot of people, it's a large hurdle for them, you know. You can't get the funding for your research, so you can't go ahead with it, unfortunately, in this day and age. So what are what are some of the criteria that would make a successful project on Gridcoin? What's required? Well, to be honest, the criteria is pretty low to get a point project uh, whitelisted on, uh, in the Gridcoin network. It's basically, uh, you know, if you've got the minimum security set up, like you've got SSL, like uh, HTTPS enabled, that's like a, a bare minimum that you have to have. Uh, you know, uh, run some tests beforehand, uh, have a, a, you know, a guaranteed level of, of work for our users. So say we've got, say we direct a few thousand users to your point project, can you can continuously supply us work for our users to crunch or will you run out in a couple of days? You know, if you can provide us continuous work, then, you know, uh, we could probably work with you. Okay. Um... 
what are some of the projects you see that uh, are more successful than others that people really te- are keen to, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's not just the requirements, but it's, yeah, well, I mean, you know, I guess the interest in the project and what people, what, what speaks to people. So which ones have you seen are like the most successful? Well, the Gridcoin Network uh, rewards each project equally. So one project with 1,000 workers and one with 10 workers, they both get the same amount of Gridcoin. But in terms of the success of the individual projects, the probably the most well-known projects are SETI at Home, which is where Point originated from, uh, There's which, you know, they search for extraterrestrial life uh, using, you know, hundreds of thousands of computers. There's World Community right. Grid, which is uh, IBM-based. Uh, they, you know, they try and solve, uh, detect cures for AIDS, for childhood cancer, uh, for Ebola, malaria, these sort of things. Uh, there are a lot of projects out there which, you know, are smaller and they've just got, you know, enthusiast point users joining them, uh, you know, like mathematics-based things that aren't, you know, trying to solve disease uh, or find, you know, uh, signs of extraterrestrial or whatever. Uh, but Hopefully, with, you know, the Gridcoin network treating them equally, they get the extra computing power. So it's kind of like uh, drawing users away from the very popular projects towards the lesser known ones. So um, do you think that it makes sense for the Gridcoin community to reward each project equally? I mean, wouldn't some projects have more importance than others? It's a very, uh, you know, difficult area of discussion. Cause a lot of people are, you know... They really like the idea that yeah, every project is rewarded equally. So you've got your small projects, which you know aren't backed by IBM, being able to get a serious amount of computing power towards them. Whereas, uh, you know, if we were to go towards a more commercial uh, angle, potentially that would be more beneficial for Bitcoin economics. But uh, you know, we may see projects which don't have enough funding uh, receive less computing power. I mean, there is a balance. I mean, like we could potentially. Uh, you know, set aside a small portion of the, you know, Boink Gridcoin rewards uh, and divvy them out to uh, projects that have, say, spent money or destroyed money in order to get this extra bonus. Potentially, I've, I've actually created some uh, proposals in that in the past. Uh, you know, you get a lot of people that speak out against that. They, they like it being equal, uh, despite it potentially maybe being uh, better economically for the network to have a small slither assigned for a commercial angle. I mean, we do have competitors out there like uh, Golem, Sonom, IEX, uh, which do go directly towards the commercial, you know, uh, target audience. And, uh, you know, they are valued greater than Gridcoin, but, you know, they don't reward the users that crunch the same projects we do, you know. Do you have projects that don't use all the power allocated to them and they have excess that they can give back to the grid, or does that never happen? That doesn't happen. It's basically a proportional distribution. So say there's only uh, five people on one project and they crunch all the work units available for, say, that week. They'll get that week's worth of Gridcoin rewards, uh, you know, that are available to that one project. Uh, you know, you, if you crunch more in one project, you don't suddenly start eating into other projects' rewards. It's all kind of walled off. However, if, if they don't have enough work available, they can uh, people can say it's unfair that one person crunched all of the work and is now getting all the rewards. So that's where uh, you know potentially being removed from the whitelist comes into play. If you don't have enough work, uh, distribution of grid coin can become unfair. How much computing power does a project get? Are you able to quantify it in some way? It's actually quite difficult to quantify this because uh, the Boink credit score, this recent average credit, uh, used to originally represent, uh, you know, flops 
uh, which is a unit of computation uh, power, but it's kind of broken away from that. Each project has their own implementation of the credit system. So say one project rewards a thousand uh, points and another project rewards 10 points, that doesn't necessarily mean that one project's done you know, more computation than the other, it just means that they've got a different setting. So you can take the, uh, there are public host uh, records, uh, host.xml outputs that you can you know, analyze and see, okay, this user is managing to get a large amount of computing, you know, uh, a large score for this project. What computing uh, equipment does he have? Oh, you can see what graphics cards he's got, what CPU he's got and stuff. So you can, can deduce uh, from that uh, the computing power to a degree. And then you could go through that, uh, you know, host uh, file dump and figure out yourself what computing power is available to them. But, uh, you know, the volunteers are very kind of fluid. They come and go, you know, people turn off their PCs, uh, PCs break, uh, you know, they're not always online. Some people are enthusiasts to have their computers crunching 24-7, but, uh, you know, one week they could have a serious amount of computing power, the next week uh, it could dip and they'd have less, you know. Okay. Hmm. What, is there any incentive for being online more often than not? You know, if I'm, if I want to just contribute my computing power <clears throat> as an individual and I don't have a project, how does Gridcoin work for me? How is it different? If you if you've got computing power, you can just select several projects that are best suited for your computing hardware. So you know if you've got an AMD graphics card, you can select some of the most compatible projects and kind of maximize your earnings that way. Uh, if you're not fussed about the income, you can pick the project that suits your you know your interest the most, like your interest in science, your interest in mathematics. You can go that route and slowly pick up the earnings. You know you might not be uh, focused with possibility that way. But rather on the science of it, I guess. Yeah, what what can um you know if I contribute my computing power, what are the steps I have to do? I I somehow set it up in Gridcoin to do that, and then I have to leave my computer on and processes run in the background, or how does it work? Yeah, so you download the Boink client. It's just a bit of software; it doesn't take much time to set up. But then you have to when you run it, you get like a window that pops up. It kind of shows you the list of projects that are available. You select, uh, you know, you can Google each one or, you know, you click on the links for them, figure out which ones you're interested in, and you can just register within the client for each one. Once you've done that, uh, you join Team Gridcoin for each project. And, uh, you know, well, once you've registered, it will start crunching the work that the project is distributing uh, almost immediately. So if you've got the blank client open and your computer is idle, you're not using it at that time, then it will just start crunching nonstop. Yeah. Uh, with regards to earning Gridcoin, you can earn Gridcoin through uh, a pool, which means you wouldn't have to uh, you wouldn't have to run the Gridcoin client and try and stake a block in order to get your rewards. Uh, so it's a bit easier and faster to start to start up. You know, you have to don't have to get uh, starting capital, whereas you can go down the route of solo staking. So you can uh, help secure the network by creating a block with the coins that you have in your balance. It's not risky using staking, but when you do create a block uh, through staking, you get your boink rewards on top. And that is the method of decentralized uh, rewards distribution. Yeah. What's so the approximate... The uh, so if people get Gridcoin as a reward, do they then convert it to fiat? Or what do people do when they get their reward? Yeah, I mean, uh, the Gridcoin can be traded on uh, several centralized exchanges as well as... Uh, on a couple of decentralized exchanges for many different types of cryptocurrency. 
So you can trade it directly to fiat on the BitShares network, uh, as well as on a cryptocurrency exchange. Uh, but primarily, the most liquid trading pairs are directly to Bitcoin, and then from Bitcoin, you know, you can trade that to any crypt uh, currency or other cryptocurrency you're interested in. So you don't necessarily have to hold Bitcoin forever. If you get it, you can just you know sell it immediately. If you need to worry about your electricity bills, you know. Okay. And again, what's the um the ballpark approximate reward how many grid coin per day or month or project uh, per day we issue approximately uh, 50,000 grid coin uh, and that is split across uh, each whitelisted project so the more projects that are whitelisted the less is distributed to each individual project uh, so you know it's uh, 50,000 divided by you know i think it's 27 at the moment so it's just under 2,000 grid coin per project per day and then Within each project, you could be talking about hundreds to thousands of users that are being distributed to. Okay. Well, very good. Do you have a threshold below which uh, a project, if it doesn't get enough uh, volunteers, that it can't run anymore and it falls out of the running? I mean, that hasn't really been a problem in the past. Uh, actually, that's how I lie. Uh, there have been a couple projects like, uh, I think, WEP M plus 2 or something along those lines. It had very uh, specific compatibility. So it was only like Windows 32-bit and an old operating system. Uh, that might be changed now, but at the time, you know, it was a case that only like five or ten people were able to actually run the computing uh, work units on that project. So it was kind of deemed unfair. But generally, if they're distributing work units uh, for a variety of, you know, computers, at least for Linux, uh, then it will be, you know, it will receive uh, workers, you know, because... Since each project is uh, given Gridcoin uh, equally, yeah, so it's split equally, uh, there's an opportunity to jump on a project that doesn't have a lot of volunteers. If you're the only person crunching that project, then you're going to get 100% of the rewards for that project, which in perspective isn't fair compared to someone that's competing with like 3,000 plus people on SETI at home, but it's just the way our system works at the moment. Is, you know, like for SETI at home, um... Do you have any insight? Does the project feel like it has enough computing power? I'm sure it never feels like it has enough. But why wouldn't, uh, you know, since it's limited to a certain amount, have people created derivative SETI at home projects to try to grab more computing power? Or do they have like a unique status in the community where they could apply for more power? I'm not too sure, to be honest. I think uh, an overall trend with Point is that, uh, you know, the the available uh, volunteers is slowly decreasing over time, uh, you know, whether that's due to just simply losing interest or, you know, computers, uh, you know, getting thrown out or whatever, or uh, people getting into it a while ago and forgetting about it at a later time. Uh, that's certainly a concern, but there's the kind of the offset of computers are getting more powerful. So, if there's less people crunching the project, that may not make up for the fact that a, a GPU's increased like 10 times in power in the last like, you know, three years or something like that. So I think it is a bit of a balancing act. Uh, if they, I think they do utilize their own private clusters as well. Uh, several projects do that at least. Okay. <clears throat> and your role is, um, you said you're a moderator amongst the, what, the Telegram and the Slack and the other channels? Is that right? Yeah, that's that's kind of one of my main things, you know, helping out with the administration and moderation to a degree. Uh, at the same time, I do some development. I'm not a core developer. I'm more, you know, working on, uh, you know, I've ported a couple libraries. I've created Bash and Haskell scripts for Gridcoin. Uh, I've created a proposal for improving the 
proof of blank account ownership through public key cryptography. That's currently a, a pull request I've got up on the, the blank repo. So that's in terms of how to prove that you own that blank account so that someone else doesn't try and steal your rewards you know, from you, which uh, is a theoretical uh, threat, really. Uh, outside that, uh, you know, the other things I do are like, uh, I organized the Gridcoin Community Hangouts for last year. So there's been 40 so far, and uh, you know, they're continuing on a fortnightly basis. They last from like an hour to four hours. Uh, you can check them out on SoundCloud or YouTube if you want to listen to us drone on about Gridcoin, you know. Uh, and I represent Gridcoin occasionally on the Beyond Bitcoin Hangouts. What, what kind of interesting things do you see because you're a moderator and you see what's going on in all the channels? Any, I mean, you know, good or bad, what, what's your experience like doing that? Well, it's certainly quite uh, tough uh, moderating, uh, you know, a, a decentralized network. I mean, you could you could ban someone and then they just switch to a different VPN and jump, jump back in, you know, uh, with a decentralized uh, network is you know it's very different from your normal working environment if you're at a job and someone's being abusive then they can give you fired they don't get back in the building but with you know a cryptocurrency network it's, a, it's just as simple as you know changing your ip and getting maybe a new phone number if you get banned off telegram i mean we haven't had too much problems uh, in the early days when gridcoin was a smaller group we did butt heads a lot more uh, just purely because you know we're talking to each other and driving each other insane but now there's thousands of users it's only you know uh, Occasionally, we may have, you know, trolls or people getting into fights and we have to jump in and, you know, decide uh, as a group of moderators, all right, how are we going to approach this, you know? Because uh, a lot of people, they don't like any form of, you know, uh, of moderation. They see it as kind of like a breach of free speech and it's quite a difficult balance. You have to be very, you know, laid back at the same time as taking threats seriously or whatever, you know? Are there any, uh, I mean, are there any threats or like... like is that, uh, you know, our community is global, so people come from uh, every time zone. That means that someone would be down for their breakfast and other person's uh, been drinking and still are at like three in the morning or something. Or, you know, uh, people come from different cultures or different languages and misinterpret one another and it just spirals, you know, that's something you have to account for. Uh, to try and generally diffuse situations sometimes is uh, kind of stressful but it's something that needs to happen you know what kind of um i mean what kind of good things or interesting things do you see because you do the moderation you know let's focus on the positive stuff what, what do you see yeah i mean uh, in the last uh in the last uh like year or so the Bitcoin community has really grown so I've, I've managed to see the overseas uh, the slack channel become a lot more productive that's really cool you know in the past it was just uh, the one irc channel and it was all very kind of spammy and uh now you get to see people coming in joining and getting to you know network with people uh it's pretty good and also you know being uh Kind of one of the first contacts for outside companies is pretty interesting. It's pretty, uh, pretty fun. Okay. And where do you see the community going right now? Is it uh, what's it shaping up to turn into over the next, you know, six months or a year? What do you see happening? Well, hopefully, the plan is that if we can scale appropriately, we will be able to remove the mandatory team gridcoin requirement. So currently, there's hundreds of thousands of active point users crunching point and uh, we're currently only rewarding less than half a percent of the total active uh, Boink user base. Yeah, so if we can remove the mandatory team requirement, then hopefully we'll be able to be more of a, a neutral 
community entity rather than, you know, so we're like more of a, a Boink-based cryptocurrency than just a team Gridcoin-based Boink cryptocurrency. That way more people will join our community and we'll get bigger. I mean, I can't, I can't envisage how we'll moderate, a, you know, a Slack channel of like 10,000 plus people, but that's, that's like less than 1% of the, you know, the active Boink user base. You know, it'll be an interesting challenge to say the least if that does occur. How many are there now, approximately? Uh, currently, uh, well, the thing is, we're our community is very split across many different platforms. You know, some people just do not like uh, Telegram or Slack. They stick to IRC, so an IRC doesn't retain users as well as, say, Slack or Telegram. So Telegram, I think we're between four or 500 users. Slack, about the same. Uh, we've got a long-standing uh, cryptocurrency talk uh, forum, which, you know, has got tens of thousands of posts and uh, you know it's difficult to attribute how many Gridcon users that are in there uh, out from the entire forum but it's quite a large forum uh, we've got thousands in the you know of subscribers in the subreddit slash our Gridcoin and uh, we're starting to get a, quite a large uh, Steemit presence uh, on the hashtag Gridcoin uh, so check that out post some good stuff and you know what we'll you uh, aside from that there's also uh, Discord which is a little bit smaller so Generally, the chats are like several hundred, you know. Yeah, I guess, you know, from what I've seen, you know, the 80-20 rule, most of the people tend to be in one or two channels. So for Gridcoin, where is the biggest, most active uh, community part of it? Where, where is it? On Telegram, on Slack? Where? I'd say uh, Slack and Telegram. Slack is where people are more productive. You know, we've got set topics where we'll, you know, work on web development or core development and stuff. It's a lot more productive. Uh, Telegram, there's always someone online and talking. Uh, those are both the most productive and most, you know, uh, busy places, uh, followed by, you know, uh, IRCs and the forums and uh, Reddit. Right. Okay. Well, so how do we encourage people to uh, to get involved in the Slack and Telegram? Where can they go to, to join them or to get invites? If you go on uh, the gridcoin.us website, there are direct links to uh, Telegram, to Slack, Discord, everything. Uh, with Slack, we have a Heroku app for inviting people. So uh, that way you don't need to have someone give you a personal email, uh, invite. Uh, we did have problems with setting up our own dedicated uh, invite link, but that's been you know, solved with this Heroku thing. Okay, so I'll call you CM or Custom Miner. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it and uh, look forward to people checking out Gridcoin. Cool. Thank you very much. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.